Was it the peak of console gaming? We'll discuss toy stores, mispronounced paradigm, and ask the age-old question, how old were you when you got your first odd job? It's the Nintendo 64, this week on Nothing Good. There are a few times in life where you see something that like radically changes how you view the world. There are a few mm-hmm. times that you see something that changes how you view a medium. Uh, there's a movie or music, you know, in our case, video games. For us, witnessing Nintendo 64 for the first time changed a lot i'm Mm. a gamer mr brown you're a gamer yeah i've i'm a card carrying gamer i love video games i have no shame i remember my first experience with the nintendo 64 at the monroeville toys r us on william penn highway back in 1995 little little kid seeing super mario 64 for the first time not in pictures not in uh, a magazine not in game pro but seeing it operate and picking up the controller i had the option i had the luxury to pick up the controller use the analog stick poorly by the way Mm -hmm. and move mario around the screen i had never experienced anything like that before that moment and uh, i was forever changed today's episode of nothing good is about Nintendo 64. Nintendo 64. And its legacy. And what it's left for us. Good, bad, ugly, and indifferent. Nothing good. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Nothing Good. Uh, Doc here with Mr. Brown. Hello. Hey, man. What's going on? Not too much. Excited to talk about uh, what I consider top three consoles. Easy. 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 Easy ever released and um it kind of fits into our it's interesting that we have kind of nestled here now into a late 90s kind of mode but yeah last uh, last week was uh all things montreal 1997 screw job we are a couple of guys pushing middle age mm-hmm. and uh oh ain't nothing more middle age than calling back to the times of your uh of your glory days and pff, nintendo 64 is quite the glory days so they were good times Perfect times. We're talking, you know, uh, what, 1990? I got, I got my Nintendo 64 for Christmas of 1990. No, my, no, 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 no. Birthday of 1996. So it was a little after, well, almost a year after it came out. Because it came out in 95, if I recall correctly. Somewhere in that vicinity. It came out in 95, Christmas 95. I did zero research into the origins of the 64. Because that's <laughs> not what this episode's about to me. Well, I'm just setting the stage here. I, I, yeah. When I got it. I don't know, about, you know when you got it. But I got it. I'm pretty, I got it for my birthday, 96. So it was almost a year after it came out. So. Yes. And you said earlier in our intro that you first saw it at a toy store on William Penn Highway. Toys R Us. Toys R Us. Which is, first of all, for anyone who's uh, listening to this but is too young to, to know the importance of Toys R Us, goddamn, 
what are you, you listening to this be, for? You should be mad at, at your life. Yeah. But Toys R Us is God, so important to uh, a, a big, and we should do an episode about Toys R Us because the listener that doesn't know us directly does not know how important Toys R Us is to our story as as as, as of our lives and yeah. our friendship and I all that. I would say nature. that. Yeah. Now I didn't work at Toys R Us like some people in the room, <laughs> uh, but, but uh, I Toys R Us. You know, when we were kids and we were coming up, that was the shit. It was like you were out and you're you know with your parents, your family shopping, and then you were like, "Hey, can we stop at Toys R Us?" Yeah, if you were really good, you got to go to Toys R Us, or it was Christmas or your birthday, and you got Jeffrey Bucks. You went to Toys R Us not to buy anything, but just to look, to hang and out, tease yourself, check it out. And yeah. that's when I saw the sixty-four. And you were grateful for the. It's like, it's like those restaurants that say free smells. It's like mm-hmm. the smells of Toys R Us. You looked at things you would never buy. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing times. However, okay, so so your so that was your first chance to see, oh, it, and then you got a yeah, Toys I R Us. I remember it vividly. Remember okay. it very vividly. So. My journey to the Nintendo 64 is slightly different. Okay. Uh, where when the Super Nintendo was on its last legs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I am lucky that uh, my dad is also a gamer. and Very he, lucky. Yes, very lucky. And he's also a, 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 a big on the cusp, has always been. He had ColecoVision. Uh, he got the Nintendo 64. That's he cool. was always, always big on the thing. So uh, my dad, the secret to me playing video games was getting my dad to have the bug, right? Mm-hmm. And But my dad, uh, branding-wise, was a Sega guy, okay? He's a man of taste. He is a man of taste. And he had the, the Sega CD. Oh, not so, so much taste. No, and then he and he and he <laughs> did. And he had he had all of the you name it and he had it. Uh, my dad specifically got the Sega CD because he wanted the game Eternal Champions. Because he <gasps> he loved that fucking game, dude. Like, fun fact. Wait. Fun fact. The only time in my entire life in 38 years of existence that my father ever and I'm talking ever show any interest in true gaming was when he saw Sega CD bef- ever. Like he saw like it was a commercial or, or what it was something like because you know like the, the, and he the, was the, the full motion in video yeah and he was like that's a video game like yeah like that's a video game and he's like hmm that might be something I be, might be interested in that that's as far it, as it went King the dance but yeah. that was something like he was he was he played Nintendo with me and Sega Genesis and that's where it ended. Well, the moment I introduced him to Nintendo 64 and told him, like, here, this is the analog stick, this is how you use it, he tapped out. We need to get Ron Brown on this podcast. We should. Just so, because he still plays games to this day. I see him on Xbox all the time. My grown-ass man dad, who's yes. in his 70s now, uh, recently told me that he won't replay a game because he cried too hard at the end of that game. That's beautiful. We, we need that man on this game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. regardless, um, so my dad being a Sega guy means, you know... If, uh, growing up as a son of a father, you either emulate yes. your father or you rebel against your father. And I emulated my father. So I was a Sega guy. So when it came between having the Sony PlayStation, the Nintendo 64, or the Sega Saturn, I chose the Sega Saturn of those three things. Now, history oh. would tell me that I made the wrong choice. You did. <laughs> that being said, I just, uh, well, dear viewers, we're not a video podcast, but if uh, if you look right over here to over there next to the Intercontinental Championship, there's that same Sega Saturn that I got that year instead of a Nintendo 64 or Sony PlayStation. So, my first exposure to our, our topic here today, N64, mm-hmm. was that I had a friend, Mike, 
uh, who got the 64, and he had one game on the 64. He what had Killer Instinct Gold. Oh, God, that game's so good. And he had Killer Instinct Gold. And now, uh, here is a fun fact about me. I don't give a shit about most fighting games. It's so good, though. I, I, love, I love wrestling games, and I love the original three Mortal Kombat games. But after that, they started to lose their flavor. But goddammit, did I want Killer Instinct Gold. Listen, listen. I had Killer Instinct Gold. <laughs> and I, I... Let me... T- my sister and I... We used to game together back in the day. My sister's yeah. four years older than me. Uh, we game together a lot. Like Nintendo, Sega, Super Nintendo... And uh, and a little bit of Nintendo 64. She started getting to the age where she wasn't super interested anymore. But we played a lot. Because we played a lot of Killer Instinct on Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. We played a lot. too. We would play each other all the time. And so when I got gold, she was down. Yeah. Because she would always whoop my ass. Because <laughs> she was older. Her hand, hand-eye coordination was better. She was a little faster. Her read to action time was faster. But I was starting to get better by that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, Killer Instinct Gold, great soundtrack. Oh, great dude, soundtrack. Uh, slamming game, slamming game. So, but I got my ass whooped all the time. But it was my first hands-on with that controller. Uh, and then I just here, here's the moment. Mm-hmm. Here's the moment. It wasn't gold, right? Mm-hmm. It was the controller uh, because I had I had gotten the Toys R Us catalog that mm. had Mario sixty four. <laughs> Shout out to the old catalog. Days. Oh God, to- Toys R Us catalog. When we do our Toys R Us episode, it will be <laughs> it will be a whole thing about the catalog yeah, yeah. and the pilot wings and all that stuff was advertised, right? But um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, you, I forgot all about Pilot Wings. Pilot Wings. 64, I had that too. Man. I, d- yeah. I don't. I forgot about that game. That was that was the. I'm un- so good. Uh, Pilot Wings was the stepdad game. Like your stepdad who was trying to impress you, who didn't play games, he could play Pilot Wings. Right? It was so fun. It was so. But, l- it was relaxing. <clears throat> um, the the my friend and his mom went to go rent a game at a place called Farmore. At the time, back oh, in the 90s. For right? those of you who have never heard of that, that was a store. <laughs> Farmore was the predecessor in the Northeast before Walmart kind of invaded. Farmore was yeah. a... I forgot all about Farmore. But they, ha- but they had rentals, mm, uh, video yes, and, and movie rentals at Farmore. Uh, and he went... And they took me in their little blue station wagon, and they went to Farmore to rent games. And they rented a game called Blast Corps for the Nintendo 64. That doesn't right? ring a bell. It was a weird game, but... It was the first chance I'd ever seen because uh, Killer Instinct was just it was a fighting game. It was just a nicer fighting game that we'd never really seen before. Right, right. But Blast Core was like a larger map game. Blast Core, w- where uh, it was it was a whole thing. Or, or, uh, it, or, or I'm I'm i it might be Blast Core or Cores or something along those lines. But uh, and I saw that game and I was like, oh shit, that's the game. Uh, no, right around that time, I got the Electronic Gaming Monthly subscription that I st- I had until the magazine uh, folded. Blast Corpse. Corpse, yep. There we go. Blast Corpse. Yeah, I'm sorry. Blast Corpse. I generally so. gave it a 9 out of 10, so it was apparently it good. Was, it was a slapper. It was a slapper, Like, and it was a lot of it. It was like there was a bomb, and you had to be a bunch of different things, or a mech. I don't really, I don't really know what the game was about, but, <laughs> but I was super blown away by the graphics of it and the control mm. and the open mindedness. Now, keep in mind, at this point, I, I not had hands on Mario sixty four wow. or Mario Kart or Goldeneye wow. or any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I wanted, right? That's what I wanted, and uh, you got yours in ninety six. Mm-hmm. I want to say ninety seven, ninety eight for me. 
right? Wow, you're getting close to the end of its life cycle yeah, by like somewhat, 98, 99. It was, it was pre-Ocarina, obviously. Okay. But I got the 64 for Christmas one year, and my brother and I had to split it because that's, you know, <laughs> low-income families. Yeah, this right, split right, one right. game console between two people. And we got Mario 64 and Rogue Squadron. Oh, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. And let me put it, Mario 64 was sweet, and it was cool. And it blew my mind. But of I, course. I couldn't wrap my head around exactly how badass Mario 64 was. But I, having had a base entry PC before the 64, right? I had TIE Fighter on the PC mm. with a joystick, and so I could play Rogue Squadron. Right. And I played that night, Christmas night, like December 25th until like December 29th when I went back to school <laughs> or something. I, I think I slept four hours a night, and I played Rogue Squadron the rest of the time. And unlocked every little detail and every little tiny thing, and it was amazing. You know, I didn't play a lot of Rogue Squad. I'm not a huge flying game fan. Pilot Wings is a different story. Yeah, for sure. Because you play, look, being a little kid and playing Pilot Wings, you play it to almost like a chill. Because it oh, wasn't yeah. like high stress. Pilot Wings wasn't high intensity. It was like. Mm-mm. Oh, you know was, what I mean? Like, it was just uh, like you just, you well, just I flew. Mean, Pilot Wings on SNES was... Never like, played it. No, okay. Okay, so... You, <sighs> Pilot Wings on the, on the SNES was very much like Pilot Wings 64, right? But it uh, was a lot of... Like Star Fox. You know, Star Fox was technologically advanced for yes. an SNES game. It was like half a Star Fox. But like they, they started with the technologically advanced, but generally you were just falling through rings. Okay. Right? Pilot Wing 64 took the technology up a notch, but that same basically falling through things mm-hmm. gameplay yeah. was the entirety of the thing. So so let so now that we've we've shared our introduction to the yes. Nintendo 64. Yes, so yes. what games did you get with your 64 when you first got yours? Oh god, uh obviously Mario. Uh, and, yeah. and Killer Instinct were the first two. That's badass. Because yeah. um, you know what, man? Like Back then, when I was young, I was a big fighting game fan. Uh, I was really into Mortal Kombat. I was really into Street Fighter. I was really into Street Fighter, Street Fighter Special Edition on Sega. Special Special Edition. I think it was Special Edition or Championship Edition. Championship Edition. Cha- yeah, there okay. it is. And uh, it was mostly because my sister and I would always compete. We, we played a lot of fighting games together. That was like our thing. We played no other games together with the exception of fighting games. And That's some cool, racing though. games on occasion. Um, Mario is probably, out of all, all the Nintendo 64 games I played, with the exception of maybe one or two, I spent the most time on. Uh, just... Exploring, getting all the stars, getting this, getting that, just screwing around. It's probably the first game I ever just screwed around in. That's awesome. Because, like, now there's so many... Actually, now that I'm thinking about it out loud, it's not a sandbox game, but it kind of is a sandbox game in its own way. It's the first real sandbox predecessor game I ever played. Uh, Because you could just fuck around and (laughs) just try things. I mean... and, and my wife, uh, dear listeners, is just as an avid gamer as uh, Doc and I are. This is true. And we have discussed this ad nauseum that the most important moment in the Nintendo 64 gaming, which we'll get into when we get into Mario 64 in a little bit here, 
uh, is not the game, but when you start the game and now you're in the castle and you could just, it doesn't tell you. Yeah. It just says go. You just do. And up until that moment, every game on this SNES, the Genesis, everything else said you start a level and you go from left to right. You go in a direction. You do a thing. But then Mario 64 started and said, hey, here's how to play the game. That's a big deal That's for a little huge, kid. Huge, huge. Because I, Unbelievably I had a PC huge. most of my life growing up, but the games I, the most advanced game I owned as a kid, like I mean, talking like middle school, elementary school as a yeah. kid, was Doom. Yeah, quite. And even that was like yeah. you gotta go. You're going in a direction. And you could hang out in an area that you cleared out as long as you wanted to and listen to the bang and soundtrack. Yeah, but like. But it was like linear. You're going in a direction. Yes. Mario. And that's why I kind of like started, you know, what I was saying in the podcast in the beginning is the importance of the experience that Mario 64 was just nothing like I'd ever played before. Nothing. No. And and th- let's segue then into our okay. first question. Is Mario 64 the godfather of modern games? Yeah. Abs- How could it not be? I- yeah, like I spent time. You know, there were no YouTube videos. No, and there was no forums I was checking out. Oh, kids! Like, you oh, spent, kids! You don't even know. Yeah, you spent time just dicking around, you trying dicking around? things. Um, there were these things. There were, there were, there were. If you were lucky, yeah, called magazines. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the magazines, they had whole sections for cheat codes mm-hmm. and tips, tips and tricks. Trips. But Mario sixty four, <laughs> it don't have no cheat codes. Uh-uh. No, it has ideas that if you get X amount of uh, stars, you can take a cannon to this place and do this thing. But no, no, no. And for being the godfather of all games, it. and this is something else I'm sure we'll talk about if we talk about retro games. It came out of the box into your N64, a complete fucking game. <laughs> there was a time when games just launched. They didn't launch, by the way. They were sold. Done. Done. Just <laughs> done. They yeah. were what they were. There was no day one patch. No, there's no patches. What the game was, was what it was. It ain't going to get no better. It ain't going to get no better. ain't going to get no better. For better or worse. As games will uncover on this list, it won't get any better. But it won't get any worse. And there's, 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 like, there's a double-edged sword to that. Because there is the value of a game getting better. We do live in a time where a game can get better. No Man's Sky. We will talk about that <clears throat> in a in future episodes. Games getting better, games getting but worse. But there is the value, and there's like there's a whole the converse. Star Wars Galaxies games getting worse. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole yeah there's a whole other sub like you know s- subject to this where like it games. I try to approach almost everything in life as glasses half full because I yeah. don't have the energy. To approach things, the glass is half mm-hmm. empty. So I'd like to believe most of the problem is it's not because people like people love to point at a developer and say, "Oh, you're just lazy. You're just blah blah blah." Dude, I think a lot of it is just the ambition. The ambition is so great. Yeah. The hunger and the thirst for content and for a bigger and better game is so great that most developers just totally underestimate how difficult a task is going to be the most dangerous question in creative history isn't how it's why not right and and why not does he in 
nine times out of ten. And and, and, and I think that's the be- that's the, that's the 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 why we have our day one patches now because games get bigger, they get better, they get faster, they get larger maps, open worlds with you know mm-hmm. RPG mechanics, but it's a third person shooter with. You know, you, you got to survive, and, and then there's persistent worlds and enemies, and then there's multiplayer, and then there's cloud saving, and then there's all this, and it's like, brother, and slow to costumes and all that stuff. Give me just a single player experience. Yeah, and I, I and we we can talk about the yeah art yeah of yeah we're getting off the rails game. on that one. Yes, but Mario sixty four and it, like it is the Godfather of all games. Yes, 100%. and it's not without its faults. Um, the cam- you bite and- your tongue. There are no faults. Yes, and, and, <laughs> no, th- there are because not only have I played the game recently on mm. the sixty four, but mm. I've also played the ports. And let me, tell I have you, not. The game's camera is atrocious. What was that the C button? Was it yeah. the C button? And just hard rotating of the camera yeah. all the way yeah, around. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. It's atrocious. Mm-hmm. It works only in that vacuum of Mario sixty four having played no other games. <laughs> Well, at that the do time. that do that yeah that do that thing and at the time that's what you had to deal with so you dealt with it, but now decades later, uh, twenty five years later after the game comes out, the camera work is atrocious on it. <laughs> that being said, anything else other than the camera, which is absolutely just god awful, like goddamn you, that camera is terrible. <laughs> but outside of that, the game still holds up. It is my wife's favorite game. And this is the lady who will spend hundreds of hours on other games and then turn around and just say, this is good, but it's not Mario 64. But it's not. Like, you spent 300 hours on Stardew Ooh. Valley, and you're like, but Mario 64, though. And Mario like, 64 was just solid. And she's right. It's for good. What it, for what it needed to be, it didn't try to be... That game didn't try to be something that it wasn't. It was complete when it came out of the box, and it was everything it needed to be and nothing more. And, and excelled at what it needed to be. So when you talk about the 64, talking about excelling, that's mm-hmm. a great point. And when you say the Nintendo 64, I think we have to talk about the trifecta okay. of the Nintendo, at least in my end. Okay, what's So on? we talked about Mario 64 being the godfather of all games that used a three-dimensional world, Co- which I think... On, at, on console. At, okay. On console, absolutely it is. Yeah, yeah. So then you're talking about games that really set the bar game number two of the trifecta is goldeneye and how goddamn it did goldeneye change fucking everything i didn't realize i like first person shooters until goldeneye because i didn't play any other outside of doom yeah and hexen yeah and uh uh i didn't play quake but i played hexen quake, yeah quake for me oh no i played wolfenstein i did play wolfenstein everyone played wolfenstein oh, everybody yeah. played everybody did play wolfenstein. Everyone, literally you couldn't get away from it. i think they ported wolfenstein the bus stops like that's <laughs> everyone played wolfenstein yeah. um but, but goldeneye changed it man like how can you not say the, the fact that the what what are the 10 most popular games in the world right now eight of them are basically can be boiled down to being fancy versions of goldeneye goldeneye you know was such a special experience, mm. you know, because I'm going to put my notebook down because there it is the first game I ever played where I gathered more than one other person together to play, like really play. Yeah. Because there's four controllers, you can split screen that shit. And you can dig in. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if the TV was big enough, it wasn't that bad of an experience. It was. It was. It was. It, before even the multiplayer, screw that. Mm-mm. Just 
the the campaign was good. amazing. And then look, I spent. I I wish I knew. I wish there was a way to track how much how many hours I played Goldeneye just with like the 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 not the cheat code. You, you unlock. You can unlock modifiers. Kind of, That's what it was. You the modifiers, modifiers, the paintball mode, and the, the big head, big head. Yes, make it difficult because it like the the like the agent and like secret agent like 007 mode or whatever. All it was. kind of codes, characters you get. From they being levels. added so much unnecessary shit to give replayability. But, but yes, so so that brings up a, a huge point I have. So we'll we'll dig into the actual idea of what Goldeneye is and all that other shit. Perhaps on its own very own Maybe episode. Maybe we should. We right? should. But the idea is that it wasn't just the fact that it was probably the greatest movie to video game port ever. <laughs> easy. I, easy, couldn't t- I can't right? tell you another one that was better. And that it changed an entire genre for the rest of history. But the fact that they packed so much unlockable extra shit mm-hmm. in that game that they didn't fucking need to. They just did it. Meant that you were putting Goldeneye in your system long after that damn system had a chance to. to, It was dead, but you were still putting Goldeneye in there. It was was just fun. Like I would play. Incredible. How many times I've played? The chemical plant. Like I would play missions just to do it. You're dropping the chemical plant was incredible, right? It was just do to do it. There's but but can we talk about the can can we can we talk can we really talk about where you have to protect Natalia? Can we talk about that though? Because I know I can't be the only person here who who wanted to rip my fucking TV out of the fucking universe and throw it across the room because she just just wanted to get she's she's getting shot. So first of all, protecting her was awful. I have to separate. 12-year-old, 13-year-old Noah from the cast in that movie. Man. Because I goddamn that movie was amazing. Yeah. And the cast in that movie is amazing. Yeah. And, Great uh, movie. Great and movie. Amazing movie. And so the actress who played Natalia could absolutely do no wrong in my eyes at However. that time. <laughs> However, little did we know that the very first escort mission Awful. In the history of Fucking video games, awful. would honestly represent the entirety of escort missions in the history of fucking video games. And so, really, when you think about it, the first one didn't do us wrong because none of it's ever been right. <laughs> that's right. Right? But it was fu- the first, that's to me, I, it, I, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the first escort mission in video games that I can recall. And holy shit, it was terrible and Dude, awful. And you're just trying to keep her alive. Trying Fun so with your just firing and assuming up you're playing it on a normal mode, Which, it's by still the way, difficult. Doesn't that half the games look like someone just took a pool cue, the other way of a pool cue, and that's what you're pointing at people firing guns? <laughs> yeah, have? it's it's yeah. really awkward. But yeah, I remember like struggle bussing through the harder difficulties on that, just keeping her alive and just getting so frustrated. Because it went agent, secret agent, double O agent, right? Yeah, I think I don't like think that. I ever beat. The escort on Double O Agent. I couldn't tell you if I did. I believe in my heart that I didn't. Yeah, I, Secret I Agent. Yes. I didn't. I, I, I'm sure about fifty tries. Yes, Secret Agent. But, but no. it, it, it was a it was a point of contention between everybody that I knew <laughs> that had that game. Bef- before we move on, because yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I honestly realize right now that we can have a whole episode on Goldeneye because that's so bad. This is like a thing that happens. I don't know if anybody's noticed this. That we get to a point where you go, we can really just. Really deep dive this. We're gonna one listen subsection. back to our episodes and go. Okay, we need to make a note. We need to do this. Yeah, we need yeah. to do just Bret Hart and Austin. We need to do just Goldeneye. It was just such an 
awesome experience. Killer Instinct. And you know, we should do one from all Killer Instinct to all the fighting games previously. Eternal Champions. Uh, the, the One of the most violent games I've ever played. Clay Fighters. Great game. Primal, primal, primal Rage. Primal Rage. There we yeah. go. The whole reason I got a Sega channel. I was... God damn it. I was going to say, say, we can do an episode on the fucking Sega channel if we oh, really wanted to. We had so many ideas. But the, the, the last thing I'll leave on the GoldenEye, besides the fact that the soundtrack fucking kills and right. GoldenEye, okay? Yeah. The, one, of the, one of the missions where you're dropped into the, I think it's early in the game, where you're going to the satellites and it's nighttime, right? And you're mm-hmm. outside was the first time I'd ever seen like, oh. Here is just here. Go follow this road and follow this little blueprint. But there's this whole cavern you're in, and there's this, and it was just incredible. And I remember sitting there when I got the game, and I was just like, oh, I was calling people over, like, you look at this, what you could do. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, dude, I go. I, was you would, that, that was one of the games that you would just, I wouldn't say experiment. That's not the, you would just, you play a mission with a certain set of modifiers just to see like it was I, the first game I ever played here we here, here we go yeah goldeneye is the very first i'm i feel confident in this it is the very first game i ever played where i i would try to challenge myself okay yeah. i would i would try to make things difficult i would try hardest difficulty using only one particular weapon only doing chops start like, doing that shit yeah because it and that's that, that's that, and that was the beginning stages for me as like soloing a difficult dungeon in a game. You know, that's badass. That though. was like the beginning like stage of that mentality for me. That's the game. I love a cha- I love a challenge. I love going. This is designed for three to six people, but it can't be done with one. Hold my beer, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that, but that golden eye. I would spend. I spent too much time playing one game just for that reason. I, w- I will tell you the game that I realized that I did that in, and it was WCW and wait, 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 before we move. Are you an odd job guy? No. Because I am. No. <laughs> uh, and it was, uh, so, so you know, just kind of take it back, and uh, I was not an odd job guy. Because you have a soul. I don't. Yes, and because, uh, because the person who really kind of introduced because there was i was focused so much on the single player because dude i saw that movie in the theater like seven times did you I really rented it when i came i loved that movie uh to me that was that was the first bond movie i ever saw in real and, and knew what i was watching right and, same, and the, same and the movie was killer and it was acting great but i wanted to be uh Tra- uh, uh trevelyan yeah trevelyan 006 Sean ben. yeah 006 i wanted to be him uh and which starts insert of wanting to be a heel right mm-hmm. and that kind of a whole yeah, thing yeah. but that's that's who i was and i had a friend of mine who always was odd job excuse me so I, when we would play the temple i would never look up over a certain part like half her eyes i would always look down because i know that little shit was somewhere that around the corner hat coming around the corner on you and you just drop some proximity mines and 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 let him slide and strafe around and blow his dick off but no not an odd job guy but the first game I ever, and we'll talk about it later, uh, that I ever pushed myself in to say, "Oh, I'm good at this game," and I think yeah. I feel like I was WCW NWO Revenge. Mm. That was that was the one. It wasn't World Tour. But we need to do an entire entire episode on Nintendo 64 wrestling games. Yes, which we will sprinkle over today. But we absolutely well, we, but we, we we are we, not we, deep diving in that tonight. No, no. But as far as the deep dive, we we talked about the trifecta: Mario 64 and Goldeneye, and now. Here's number three. And I ask you this 
third trifecta question before we move on. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Is it among the greatest games ever made? Ever? Like, period? Ever. Period. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody who's gamed uh, and, and, and it was alive to game and old enough to appreciate it mm-hmm. would disagree. Oh, no. Yeah. Is it is it now? Let me ask you this. First of all, absolutely. I agree. Hardcore. Is it the best N64 game? No, no. Okay. I, I that's a real quick note for me, man. Yeah. Like, I look, I really, re- and, and then this is like a point of opinion, right? Like, yeah. Or, or, or OK, do you look at it as OK? What, what's your opinion? Then what's like? really is it the best because you can there's there's a difference between your favorite and the best yes that's right? a that's a there, common thing we talk about all the time there is here a in difference our friendship. there is a difference and there's a, the your the best thing is the best thing it's uh hands down you don't have to be able to enjoy it all the time but it's the best you've done your favorite is something you can pick up at any time or turn on anytime your favorite movie is something you can watch at any time your favorite song you can listen and your favorite game you can play at any time but that doesn't make it the best game you've ever played um and, and and for Nintendo sixty four, yeah, I'm thinking about really thinking about it now. Um, I mean maybe, but it is it is it is if it's not the best I've ever played, and I'm like, well, what's the best then, Jones? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so many good games that that came out that were just solid, but maybe Ocarina is the best I ever played. Maybe now that I'm really, really thinking start, start about thinking it. Thinking about it, I mean, it's it's an it is it is it is a masterpiece of a Nintendo sixty four game. It is a fucking masterpiece. It's a masterpiece of any video. And game. I can tell you, like the joy I had playing it, and the challenge. The shit was challenging. You know the what was it the the underwater world. I can't remember what it's uh, called. Water Temple. Water Temple. There we go. I'm Water sorry. Temple was. Uh, I could never play the Sailor game I, before. I Water feel Temple. like everyone who's ever wronged me in life is gonna. I hope that when they die, <laughs> they go to, they go to the Water Temple. <laughs> that shit. I, I, again, I'm glad I'm you not know? the only one. No. Water Temple was tough, man. I bought the uh, Alcarina port for the 3DS yeah. years later, yeah. and they fixed the Water Temple so that you couldn't get stuck and have to completely redo your entire game. Which was uh, which was relieving and awfully frustrating at the same time. Knowing that it lasts because there's entire long. generations of children who won't know the pain that it took. Well, kids don't really know how difficult games used to be. Oh well, no, they don't. They don't. Back in our day. Back in my day. Back in our day. <laughs> um, games didn't hold your your hand at all. No, you would just play it. And, and it, you'd learn by fucking up. Yes, and if you needed something, uh, then at your local video game distributor, there was a twelve ninety nine strategy guide. There was always a strategy guide. Strat- before that was the internet, overpriced. There was a strategy guide. I have over there is the strategy guide for, I think, Grand Theft Auto 4? No shit. I don't even know if I've opened it. The f- right? for, for what? I don't know. Cheat codes? No, I just like, I, first of all, I just like the Grand Theft Auto cover art. <laughs> it's always been one of those things that gives me good feelings, right? But I mean, I, I got it because I think that's the last video game guide I've ever saw. Dude, we remember we, we look when we were kids. You you would boot up a game and there was no, there was no like mission directive. It was like you just started playing it. Oh man, you went straight. Ain't nothing gonna shock your life 
like turning on Battletoads for the first time <laughs> and it basically being like somebody in Japan screaming, fuck you, and the video game screaming for that, and it's done. And it's like, oh my God, that's it. Ninja Gaiden and, and, and Contra and uh, Battletoads. Ninja fucking Turtles and Nintendo. Look, I don't mm, know if you're old enough, you know mm, even, to appreciate yes. you know, that experience. I, I We're going back. This is off topic, but real Way quick. Way pre-64. But I got Nintendo for Christmas. Uh, well, years after it came out, because it came out in, like, 85, and I was, yeah, like, Yeah, it literally like, came out in 85. Yeah, I was, like, yeah. three when that happened, but I was, like, maybe six-ish, so it was a few years after, and it was for Christmas, and I remember I got a ton of fucking games. Like, I don't know where my parents got all these fucking Nintendo games from. They had to have been cheap shit, but one of them was Ninja Turtles. <sighs> And as a kid, a child I, from... I can still see that art on... Yeah. On, oh, I've yeah. Never see, I've never seen the box art, but I've seen the art on the, the cartridge many I, times. I um, was a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Yeah. Uh, being born in 82, it was like, it was like that was just what you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was really excited to play it. And But, but more specifically to like the, the idea of like how difficult games were. Yeah. The fucking level where you had to s- swim and avoid the fucking um, I don't know what they even were like. It was before the dam. It was the after the dam level. You jumped into the water. And you had to you had to navigate. There was like a, a bomb that was gonna go off. And yeah, it it is. I the hardest le- game level I've ever played in any game in my life. No, um, to n- this day. For those who don't know, the Ninja Turtles game was actually a skin of the original Battletoads game. Mm. Mm. Yeah, which they they just they just they just modified the art slightly to. It actually makes sense when I think about it when you say that. And then the first Battletoads game that came to the U.S. was Battletoads Two, which Mm -hmm. so that when you look at Battletoads Three, which is considered the hardest game of all time, it's actually Battletoads Four. But we'll get into it, Mr. Brown, with the fun facts. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. But I love it. But but, but the, to the point that so the games speaking, were really difficult back yeah, in those so days. So speaking of games that we love and hate, so we we, we have expressed our reverence for Mario sixty four. Yes. Uh, for GoldenEye. GoldenEye. And the Ocarina of Time, which I think all three games deserve a future episode just themselves. Yes, agreed. I, I could babble for hours about the fucking music for Ocarina. Right, like it just it just slaps. But while we're talking about what we love and what we don't love, this is a great time to talk about some of our favorites, worst, overrated, mm. hated, a few hidden gems in there. So let's have a quick combo here. Okay. Yes. So let's first of all let's talk about flat out favorite sixty four games. Let's keep it up on the top. Let's start instead of building up to it and then forgetting where we're at. Let's start. What's let's let's go back and forth. Can I make yes. a, just a little bit of a rule here? Please. Because no wrestling games. Ah, oh, goddammit. Every yeah. wrestling game would be on there. Right. So, yeah. because I feel like it goes without saying that our favorite would be a wrestling game. So, there has to be yeah. something else. I, I I came up with that days ago. Well, let's, let's do that. And let's add into that your favorite, even if it is, for the sake of having a conversation... Let's not mention those top three games. Of course. Okay. So do you want to start? Go ahead. All right. So if you had to say, and I, I know this is going to be a weird cut uh, mm-hmm. here, but a game that I played for hours and hours and hours when it came out, Episode One Racer. Of all games. I fucking adore Episode 1 Racer. To the I point did not expect that. Where I have it on the Xbox One, 
and the Nintendo Switch because they ported it, a, not not redone mm-hmm. exactly as they were on a sixty four. Oh, and I want it exactly nasty like but that. Why? I like my shit nasty. No. But no, it, dude, I loved it as a racing game. It was is a fantastic. So I discovered as a kid mm-hmm. with Outrun. And uh, and cruising USA, which is a cruising. game, which I yeah. actually, which will make an Good appearance. Game, so that's, yeah. Good uh, game, That I had in the fin. I don't. If you're like, do you like racing games? I would say no, right? But s- certain racing games, I really like. And Episode One Racer was straight up at the top of that list. Can I just say? Yeah. No, go on. No, 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 no. No, that was it. I feel like we trade off on that, but yeah. Keep going. I was going to ask you if you played Episode 1 Racer. Uh, yeah, and I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. So, so, so you're not Sababa? You're no. not a Sababa guy? You're it not... was, I mean, it was all right. I just want to reach out to all my homies out there who rep E. Bendicoot. Um, e. Bendicoot is a real bitch, and he'll smoke all y'all chosen ones in any race, in any course, at any time, especially Aquilarius. That's right. One more time, hashtag eBendicoot for Racer. For those of you uh, who could not see this, which is everybody else, uh, Noah was really into that. Yeah, it was. It was. I fucking love Episode One Racer. I'm not gonna admit it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be ashamed of it. I'm gonna admit it. Nor should you. Yeah. Should you? Um, I was gonna. I'll get to the point (laughs) connecting to what you said later, but uh, my favorite. Uh, if I can say like, well, it's not a wrestling game because it would be a wrestling game. Of course, it would be. So, yeah. like to say, you uh, unofficially all that number, shit right yeah, now. unofficially yeah. number one, uh, without question. Uh, and it's not a, it's not Goldeneye, it's not Zelda, none of that shit. Not Majora's Mask, mm-hmm. none of that. Mm-hmm. 1080 snowboarding. Let me tell you Ooh, something. Let me tell man, you dude. something. He's Mr. dropped Brown. the notebook, folks. He's dropped uh, the notebooks. 1080 snowboarding was so fucking good. Oh, dude, it was incredible. Um, it was the first snowboarding game I ever played in my life. Absolutely. Why wouldn't it be? And uh, it was... The graphics were solid. The soundtrack was so good. Mm-hmm. The music... The, the vibe. Dude, it slapped. Every, it every, slapped. every snowboarder had their own stats. Their own, like... Yes. They were good at certain things. But more importantly... Again, it's a lot of firsts because I was formative years. Mm-hmm. You know, I was young, learning how to really. I don't. I don't want to say I don't count like my, you know, eight bit days because I was a little kid. Like you played and you gamed and you were Listen, obsessive about things. We all kicked the shit out of the Genesis. Okay, we all we all did our thing. But we like cut our teeth there. Once the I 60s. hit like ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine, I'm getting older. And I'm like really digging into the stuff that I like. Like I'm mm-hmm. really finding out what I really like about gaming. Because back when we were like younger, games were like, well, it's a sports game, it's a strategy game, it's an action side scroller. You know what I mean? Like there wasn't much. But we're getting in like, dude, 1080 snowboarding was so the first good. game I ever played that like I wanted to master on like a granular level. Like I wanted to get so good at it. Yeah, I want to hit a 1080. Right, you know, I rented that from Blockbuster, not knowing what to expect, and it slapped so damn hard. I don't think I turned it off until the two or three days from renting it. I I own that that game. Incredible. I own that game. I played that game relentlessly. I played that game like it was my job because there was a there was like a skill ceiling. I could hit something. I'm like, okay, 
I want because if you if I if I'm remembering this correctly, you could like have like a the the computer, you could race the computer, and the computer would like do moves. You're like, and I would I would simply just do the half pipe. I would just do the half pipe and practice and practice and practice. And oh, like, yeah. you know the four fifty seven twenty ten eighty like that yep. whole thing. It was so good. If I could say there was any game that was my favorite, hundred percent ten eighty snowboarding. See, I respect that. I respect that. I uh, I I have to ch- chime in there. So first of all, yeah, what what I I like to think about games. First of all, take away the Zelda games, right? right? You have and to you, take that, and then you take away the wrestling games, right? Which we took away. What game do you play at two a.m. when your parents don't want you to be awake, right? Playing on your little thirteen-inch TV in your right. room, right? And then that's the game you're gonna say. For me, it's either Episode One Racer. I loved. Love 1080, right? Love so it. good. It's a shame there was never a sequel. No, to any of it. Like there's never nothing. I feel like SSX jumped in. Tricky, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, if I had to put a number two again, it's not a Zelda or a wrestling game. Uh, it would be Conker's Bad Fur. Well, Day. that's a whole other thing, man. That's a whole fucking thing. And I, I because I had not. No, here's the thing. Is to me, I don't think I would have been able. And now this is a whole other bag of worms, as far as single player immersive experiences, right? That I actively thought about. Because you know, you play single player games, and Sonic the Hedgehog, the first one, was a fucking single player right. game, right? Uh, but I had not had a single player game that I had actively thought about when I wasn't playing the game, like walking around uh, school or walking around town or doing my other thing. Uh, and it would be the predecessor to games like Mass Effect, Skyrim, Oblivion, Morrowind, and yeah. a lot of uh, Grand Theft Auto and those games that you think about there. Uh, until I fell in love with Conker's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> because not only did it played like a rare game, you know, Banjo Kazooie and all that other horse right, shit. Yeah. But it was an immersive enough experience. Whether it be because it was risque. It was quite. It, it was super risque, right? But, but also because it was cleverly crafted enough, right? To where I was like, ah. Oh, I was at school the next day. I'm like, I just really can't wait to play Conquer again. I'm like, what's going to go on? Is anyone else playing Conquer? And everyone's like, oh, <laughs> shut up, you this? weird long-haired guy. <laughs> now we're, we'll play that. What, what the fuck are you talking about? You know? Yeah, but yeah. but that's the shit right there. You know what I mean? Like that to me. So like episode one was the game. Racer, I kid you not, dude. I played that all the time to the point where I bought it on the Dreamcast. This is a quick that, sidebar. That's commitment. Okay. I bought on first of all, I love the Dreamcast, and we'll talk about that another time. That's a it's a whole thing. Right. Yeah, that in right the that idea that. book. I, I I adore the Dreamcast. But I bought the the uh Dreamcast uh and I bought that for the Dreamcast at the record exchange to the point where the Dreamcast had you can hook up your 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 phone line to do a fifty six K and the Dreamcast <laughs> That's right. had two things. You could do Fantasy Star Online, which is the only multiplayer online at that time, mm-hmm. right? Or you could do leaderboards on certain games. Mm. I am not too proud to admit that for a time in the summer of 2000, 2001, somewhere in that thing, I was the leader on so many different leaderboards of Episode 1 on the Dreamcast in the world. Now, I didn't flex that when I met my wife, but I should have. I'm like, hey, baby, you ever been with a world leader in Dreamcast Episode 1 Racer in 2001? Would you like to be? 
She probably wouldn't have married you. No, she wouldn't, but she did. So right. now, now I'm gonna after we're done recording, <laughs> I'm gonna whisper that into her ear and see if she I like it automatically files for annulment. But, <laughs> but episode one raised her. So yeah, so yeah. So that's our faves, right? That's our faves. Do you have anything else besides 1080? I mean, that's a fave. Well, I mean, look, I mean, there are a lot of. I mean, there's so many great games. Uh, oh, goodness, what was it called? Um, are we men Sarge's Heroes? What was that? It was like an army. Oh, yeah, man army men Sarge was Sarge's way Heroes. better than it had any business being. Yes, for for sure, slapped. Um, let me think. Uh, That's the one where you're like in a kid's room, right? Like yeah, toy like you, yeah, you gotta go around. Like, it was essentially if Toy Story had a military. Plot but the to story it. was like kind of like good. Yeah, if I remember correctly, and I rem I remember. Because it was like ten soldiers versus the green soldiers, mm -hmm. something like that. Something like that. And I remember being a kid and playing the games. I rented it. I didn't own it. I rented it. And I remember like little things that like uh, the the antagonist would say that was like kind of borderline racist. If it were I mean, like, I mean, one would say that the green army guys are fighting the tan guys. Right. It was just yeah. he would say things. I'm just like we're, we're, I'm just like reading it going. Huh. This this doesn't seem right. <laughs> doesn't seem right at all. Um, but the uh, yeah, the great there was a lot of great games. There was uh the game I played a lot of. It was it was the not Voodoo Man. Oh. Voodoo Man was for the Fuck. Dreamcast, I thought. Not Voodoo Man, Shadow Man. Shadow Man, yeah, was good. Yeah, uh, Turok. Now, yeah, fucking Turok. Man. Okay, so don't get I, me started on Turok. Okay, so I actually have Turok on my list, but not perhaps where you would like to see it. So we talked about those favorites, mm -hmm. right? And we talked about there's so many great games to this. Yeah. Before. We could, we could, this could be seven to 12 days right. of us. Right, right, uh, right, right, about right. It. But I wanted to say, I, so we, we talked about favorites, Turok. And I think Turok 2, to me, is the one that's really good. Because Turok it had, like, 2 is really good. The, uh, the, the weapon creation in Turok 2 really kind of stepped that shit up. Okay? Turok 1 was good for it being its the first attempt at the the franchise of that, the, the 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 insertion of the franchise and if i remember correctly it was one of those other games that were like it was a ton of cheat codes and like things oh there's so many cheat codes. With. you you got in uh, a cheat code magazine just to get all the shit from turok dude at some point we need to we need to insert uh game shark where you can create your own codes i mean there's a remember whole that thing. shit there's a whole thing yeah there's a whole thing i created i created one code ever I had Game Shark for Duke Nukem 64. It was invincibility in one level in one section. That's the only part I've worked in. I, I did not have Duke Nukem 64. I feel like I I I had a friend's game genie. Game genie. That's old. Game that's genie. Nintendo. That yeah, was that's yeah. old school. Game man. genie. I think I had it for this Genesis or something, but I uh I was never on that level. To have an extra peripheral to cheat at a game, I just used to go with a notepad, like a little tiny flip pad, to the writing, and I'd look up the games that I was playing, and I'd write down all the codes, and hope that I remembered them fast enough. So it's basically stealing. I mean, we'll yeah. go with it. Yeah. Uh, so favorites, and uh, uh, one I I would be remiss if I didn't add Perfect Dark to my favorites. You know, and and I sh the only reason I didn't add Perfect Dark is it's like. I mean, fuck, Perfect Dark's another goddamn masterpiece. Yeah. Perfect Dark is... You know, here's the thing. I'm gonna... I'm gonna... Uh, yeah. I love Perfect Dark. It's so good. But I prefer GoldenEye. 
Uh, absolutely. Per- but, Perfect Dark is better, but Perfect Dark was better in every way. Every single way. Especially if you had the expansion pack from Donkey Kong. Yes. And you could add the bots. The bots made your yep. four-player multiplayer yep. experience amazing. But, but, GoldenEye style because you saw the goddamn movie and they nailed it, it was in a the different, soundtrack. It was just... It's weird. I don't know if I just... Because I, I got still, a little older. Every time someone says Perfect Dark, you hear, Joanna. <laughs> every time well i i but perfect dark was excellent like it Amazing. was genuinely an excellent game like yes. fundamentally foundationally execution you had area you walked around everything in. was good mm. but it almost felt like and it's hard to to really verbalize it wasn't that i didn't like it as much as i did but goldeneye i think because it was first it cut the ground and it was just yeah. such a unique experience that like Perfect Dark was excellent, but I'd been there. Yeah. Maybe that's... For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And it was just improving upon that yeah, it was a, It was thing. a really significant iteration. So let's then discuss uh, maybe games that everyone else regards as great, but is are overrated. Do you have okay. any, yeah, yeah, any yeah. overrated games hanging out there? Um... If I had to say, <laughs> if it was like an overrated game, uh, there's one. Are one, you going to cut? Are you going to cut deep with it? No, I don't think I am. Because no? uh, I think anybody who's around our age who was really into gaming uh, knew about this game and knew about how it was in development for a long, long time. Uh, and then it released. And I think... The hype behind it, people wanted to believe that it was good, myself included. I'm not excusing myself, but man, it's a shitty game. Mission Impossible. Wow. Let me tell you something. There are a few games I obsessed over before it released the the Mission Impossible. Because Mission Impossible, I would talk to my friends at school about it constantly. Because there would be like a write-up about it in, in GamePro yeah. or Nintendo Power. And they would show these, 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 these screenshots. The game looked beautiful. And they would talk about what they were going to do and what the game was going to be in the game. The stealth, the action, this and that and that and this. And then I, listen, I daydreamed about this game constantly. Back when you were young enough to just daydream about gaming all the time. And then, then I bought it. My parents paid money for it. <laughs> I made them pay money for this game. Why do I have no memory of this? Because it was fucking not good. And, but it was hyped up so badly. Here's a little uh, history lesson behind this game, because I was so dialed into it. Yeah. The game, way back, was supposed to come out on Super Nintendo. To coincide with, uh, like, a movie. It was originally going to come out on Super Nintendo. Didn't happen. So they moved all the resources to Nintendo 64 for development. The original team, all the core members, left. So I can't remember the name. Info, Info, Info Games? Info Games? Info Games? Something like that. They're the ones who ended up developing the game. But at this point, the movie had, been out, had already come out and been out. So it, it, Tom Cruise didn't want uh, his likeness in the game. Info Games. What kind of name is that? No offense, but real, seriously. But they, but the, but the, the, the editorials on the game were like, push this game like it's gonna be like the second coming of gaming. There's supposed to be espionage and 
tricks and traps and stealth. It was going to be based on the movie, but what ended up happening is it wasn't it was loosely based on the movie. Yeah, this is this is really brutal. Dude, the, what I'm looking at right now, I have no no, listen. I I have a very visual memory. I have no memory of this game. Cuz you never played it. <laughs> it wasn't, listen, listen. I and and again, this is all in a vacuum, right? Like I can only tell you about my there was no YouTube, there was no Reddit, there was none of that when we yeah. were kids. So, my experience with Mission Impossible was with relative to other people that I knew who had it. <sighs> and I knew a lot of kids who went and bought it and they were like, "Oh, this game is so amazing." I'm just like, "Is it? Is it though? It's not that good." No. But but here's the thing, it was so ambitious. You were you were it was stuff that like that Hitman adopted where you like you could knock somebody out and steal their their costume was in the game. Why do I I feel like I should remember this because (laughs) few listen listeners few times can I stump Mr. Brown but I am stumping this literally no memory of this and I feel like I absolutely have played this game but I have no memory of it maybe I blocked it out dude it it, and the thing and it was like the first real experience of like hype not delivering. Right. Um, but yeah, that would be my overrated. Hundred and ten percent. That maybe win back. Let me give you my you overrated. What win back? Win back. Win back. That sounds really familiar. Win back. It's a third person action shooter. It was like kind of like Metal Gear Solid, but no stealth. No. That was very fucking overrated in my opinion. But anyhow. Uh, we, we will go within the not Metal Gear Solid genre one day with Siphon Filter and Metal Gear. Siphon Filter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fuck that franchise. Whole bunch of Time Splitters, which was like the halfway between uh, GoldenEye and, mm-hmm. and the games that would follow. So uh, what are yours? My number one most overrated game, and this might uh, split some people, Pokemon Stadium. Not to be confused with Pokemon Snap, which was fucking amazing. I first of all, yes, that's that's gonna come up on my hidden gems. <laughs> I love Pokemon Snap. So I, good. I adored it. I went to Blockbuster and printed out the little stickers and all that shit. That was the best. But Pokemon Stadium, fuck that. Never played it. You get the Super Game Boy. You get whatever that adapter is. To get your Game Boy and you import your team into the Pokemon Stadium only to basically just hit four buttons to see them the same <laughs> shit you could have done on your sixty four. I was never and, a Pokemon guy, and I had so many friends that were like, "Pokemon Stadium, you're gonna bring your team over with your memory pack, bro. You gotta do this <laughs> memory pack." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." And I got there, and I'm like, "This is the game. This is the fucking game that we're all hyped around, jacking off in a circle for." No. So, no, no Pokemon Stadium for me. I thought, uh, and I think it's largely because the Pokemon games in the 90s were fine being Game Boy games. Right. Uh, and eventually, we did not get to the point where a Pokemon game could be successfully and properly ported to a console until the Switch, mm-hmm. like three years ago. Right. right. So, yeah, yeah. so that's a long time to wait. And by then, the, the, the shit had you know, pass through the fan. I was not interested right. in that. But if we're going to talk about hidden gems, which is where we were going. First of all, the worst. Let's let's go. Before we get to hidden gems, what's the worst Nintendo 64 game you've ever Dude, played? Dude, I, I don't have to look very far. <laughs> I'm going to remove the wrestling does not count 
uh, out of this because okay. WWE Backstage Assault is the uh, worst fucking the worst game, game I've ever, ever played. Yeah, my worst game life. ever. Yeah, you know what? We can put oh, it. Like and, it. And, and you know what? It's it's closely tied with Superman sixty four because that game <sighs> that's is that's number that was it. How does that not become number one if it's not Backstage Assault and Superman Superman sixty four? Right? Folks, listen. If you've never played any of those games, God bless your soul Don't. because we did it for you. Yes. And I'm telling you that Superman sixty four. I rented this. Thank God I didn't buy it. Yes. I was, because at that, I think I was old enough to have, like, had a uh, summer job or after school job at that point. I didn't pay money for that, like, directly. That game was a certain level of hell. I would, honestly, if someone's like, if the person I despise the least in this world came up to me and they were like, listen, I'm either going to have like all of my toenails removed or I'm going to play Superman 64 for eight <laughs> hours. I would be like, how strongly do you feel about your toenails? Like, how many toenails? Yeah. How many? All 10 of them. I don't know about that. It's They'll bad. grow back. It's real bad. Listen, so, if I remember correctly, that game was, you just flew around mostly through rings. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, so what it was is the, the, so, to put it in so many sentences to keep the audience engaged here, Batman, the animated series in the 90s, was amazing. Mm. And it still is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, its success spawned off Superman, the animated series, which was the artistic design basis for Superman 64, mm-hmm. uh, which was basically just the character of Superman, the animated series, in full 64 quality, 3D rendering. There were some serious air quotes there. Yeah, su- serious air quotes. Uh, flying through rings. Because Lex Luthor had taken the city hostage, maybe? Yeah, and Brainiac involved somewhere Something like in there, that. too. Yeah. So, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. Not the developers. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that and ba- WCW Backstage. That's the only time I'm going to let us put uh, wrestling back in here. Because WCW Backstage Assault was the second worst game. I um bought sixty four. I bought with my own personal money that I earned from my job at, at a young age. Uh, WCW Mayhem, right? Yeah, Which awful game. Wasn't the worst game I ever played, but it wasn't good. No, it was not. Good. And I remember Tyler and I, my buddy Tyler. Shout mm-hmm. out Tyler. Hey Tyler. We we I was so excited to get it, and I brought it home. The next day. He and I sat down. He came over. We're like pumped up. Big wrestling fans. Like, let's play this new WCW game. <laughs> we might have played it for a half hour. And mm-hmm. I don't think I ever played it after that. Ever. Ever. Because I knew what a good wrestling game was. No Mercy was out. And I was like, well, separate fuck world. this noise. Um, but that game on every level was not good. No, it was bad. It like was real bad. Everything about it. It didn't look good. At least Superman 64. Semi looked decent for a second. Semi looked decent. Uh, Backstage Assault looked like shit the second you turned it on. It looked bad. It played bad. The audio was bad. The controls were bad. The premise and, was bad. And Mayhem wasn't much better. It Mayhem was, just, was... Backstage Assault was everything terrible about Mayhem, but with no ring to actually have a wrestling match in. Yeah. So, I mean, so let's go to Hidden Gems. Let's talk about our favorite. What's yours? So uh, a great hidden one that I always like that no one really talks about, period, is a game called Forsaken 64. The future is forsaken. The future is forsaken. Yes. First of all, I, I remember that commercial. I'm not going to lie to you that um, it was either GamePro 
or Game Informer or Electronic Gaming Monthly, but there was that ad that was it was an all black page mm-hmm. with the chick with the tattoo on her face for Forsaken sixty four. Yeah, that ran like three months. That. Ooh, 12, 13-year-old Noah <laughs> might have ripped out of the back of that page and hidden in the bathroom somewhere. <laughs> I was ready for this game. I was oh, super shit. ready for this game. Shit. And then it ended up being good, which is it a wasn't a bad super, game. It was good. I rented that. It was, it was a, a good ve- game. vehicular comment. You could switch the things out. It was mm-hmm. badass as hell, dude. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ones that you liked? Uh, it, it's funny. Uh, I'm gonna. What I was gonna say way earlier when you were talking about how like episode one was like your thing. You're like, oh, I'm not really much of a racing guy yet, but you know, but here I am. You know, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, there's like a sidebar here, uh, listeners. I there's like this running. Uh, I don't know. It's not a joke. It's this running thing between uh, Mr. Brown and I, where like he's one half of my brain. Uh, Same. Yeah. And uh, there's another gentleman uh, who's not here, who should be here, uh, who is the other half of my brain. Um, so same, right? I'm not a big racing car game guy. I'm just never been. Never really grabbed but me for a long somehow time. magically, like some of my favorite games are racing games. Why not? Because right? the the single biggest hidden gem to me are is Beetle say? Adventure Racing. Oh, Beetle Adventures. Oh shit, dude, that game is so good. <laughs> was so fucking good. There are certain things in life that didn't have to go as fucking hard as they went. But it did. Beetle Adventure Racing went. I Hold on. I'm going to shout them out because they fucking deserve it. Where is it at? EA Paradigm, motherfuckers. Paradigm. You, you guys, Paradigm, I'm clearly drunk. They, <laughs> you are. Paradigm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paradigm. Uh, you are, you guys really made a serious fucking amazing game. Because look, it could have just been like, here's this game. You're going to race a Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> the premise is fucking stupid. It really is stupid. But like there was like you could you were you were rewarded for exploring because there were like parts in the, the, like, oh, the yeah. course where you just bust through a wall and keep going. And like, there it is. Again, yeah. the soundtrack was good. That 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 that's gonna be a, a recurring theme that pops up here with the sixty four games. Is soundtrack, soundtrack just keeps slapping, dude. It's one of the few games that were not fighting games that my sister and I would play fairly frequently. We would race each other all the time, and the different Beatles had different stats, if I remember correctly. You they could did. customize them. I'm pretty. I think you could customize. There them. was there was a certain extent to which you could tweak but them. The bottom line is, it was fun. Like it was, and then I would have friends who'd never heard of it. They'd come over and go, what is this? I'm like, it's Beetle Adventure Racing stuff. What? And then you slap it down. And then they sit and play, and they're like, oh, shit. This game goes. This game is fun. Hell yeah. All right. So uh, on the subject of, of racing games uh, not having any business to be as good as they were, Diddy Kong Racing. Diddy Kong was excellent. That was It was the first game that I ever knew of that you could drive or fly or boat all in the same game and it had no business being as badass as it was that game was super super good um games that had no business being hidden gems fun right that had no business being as fucking badass as they were i'm gonna just call it out and say this south park 64 that goes that goes way back for me that goes super that game was a time and a vibe mm-hmm. and an era of society that will that unless you live through it you'll never know but my god that game mm-hmm. slapped 
And it was and it, like getting through with the with the dark guns and the turkeys and all the South Park references. I don't give a shit. That game was good. Did and you uh again the, the theme of racing games because apparently I South Park Rally? No. No, what? San Francisco Rush. Yes. And I don't know if it's even considered a hidden gem, but motherfucker, no. that game was like fun. Like I, fun fun. Cruising USA and and, and what was it? Cruising World, right? Yeah. After that. They were they were Put them in and go, and they're finding it. But they were basically arcade ports. San yeah. Francisco Rush, which was, was also an arcade port, was badass, dude. That game slapped shit. It was like what it was before there was Overdrive. Was it over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was there was Rush. Like you, like it was cool because again, like Beetle Adventure Racing, you were rewarded for exploring it. Because if I remember, with like the stars or coins or keys that you could get in the in the levels, and as you collected them, you unlocked. Fucking something I don't fucking remember. What? What was the futuristic one from San Francisco Rush? San Francisco Rush, twenty forty nine. Yep. I also owned that. That was badass. That was also good. Not as uh. good as the original, but it was good in a different way. Oh man! Now you're like in, oh, racing games. Wait, I, I yeah. I mean, ra- I, not being a racing game fan, somehow magically some of my favorite games. Managed are racing to games. absolutely love a whole shit ton of racing games. Ah, so we covered our our hidden gems. Yes. We we covered our favorites, the worst, overrated, um, and you know, uh, I guess really kind of in. And first of all, let's 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 put a little bow on it and say, the Nintendo sixty four, obviously one of the top consoles and a super huge part of our oh, gaming yeah. and personality development. Big time. So uh, I guess that two part question I'm going to ask you here yeah. at the end of the episode. Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get an N64 classic the way we got the NES or SNES classic? And wait, and would you buy it? Uh, no and yes. I don't believe we'll ever get that because that'd be too per- that'd be too perfect. That'd be amazing. That I would hundred percent. I'm I'm not super like into the whole like mini console thing that's happening. It's cool mm-hmm. that it's happening, but like eh, I've been there and done basically that. Basically, an emulator station. Yeah. However, if there's an Nintendo 64 version, you bet your ass that I'm gonna be pre-ordering that shit mm-hmm. because I would love to play Beetle Adventure Racing again if I have the chance. Or San Francisco Rush, or fucking Shadow Man. Are you kidding me? Shadow, Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. If I could play fucking yeah. Legacy of Kane, like, look, <laughs> brother, brother. There's so ma- if I could play Castlevania '64, one of the most frustrating games I've ever played in my life. We haven't even talked on Mario Kart '64. Fucking or, or yeah, Mario Kart or Smash Brothers, or Smash Brothers, like any of the ma- or Castlevania, any of the mainstay Nintendo that we're, we've just been dancing around the outskirts. Which you know that hardcore Nintendo shit is what's going to come on that. We're not going to get Top Gear Rally on an N64 classic. Right, right, right. We're right. going to get Smash Brothers, Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, some other shit. On but there. there's just a ton of games if that we I would love the option to play again. And so yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I would pay top dollar for it and have no shame. How about you? Oh my god, yeah, for, I buy two. Do you think we will get one? No, I, for, I just feel like it's not gonna happen. I feel like so with with the advent of the Switch and they've had the virtual consoles on the Switch for yeah. a while for the for the, for the uh, NES, 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 and that uh, we've gotten they drip fed the Mario sixty four port as far as Sunshine and Galaxy goes on there so i would love one uh but i don't hold any any real hope out but 
that being said, if, if tomorrow came out, if tomorrow and it came out that they were doing it and they were taking things, I would, um, I'd be like, you know what? You can take a couple toes. I don't need those toes, but it depends on what games are on there because I want my shit. I yes. want to be. I want to be able to play Ocarina on. Say, I have a sixty-four in the same room recording this, but all I yes, have true. ready to play are wrestling games for another podcast. <laughs> Nothing right? wrong with that. No. Uh, so I would love Ocarina. I'd love to play that. I'd love Smash to play with that, and, and a bunch of other fun stuff. But ah, sixty-four. What a time. What, what a, a time what, to be alive. What a, what it was amazing. Dude, between the gaming we played and the wrestling that was on TV, it was a good time, man. Oh, man. Late 90s were peak, and then the music that we heard. And speaking of which, that's a great time to to kind of segue into what we got going on next yeah, week, right? Yeah, Because next week, music, late 90s, early 2000s. Who do we got on tap there, Doc? Uh, <clears throat> uh, we have Eminem. One Marshall Mathers. So, you know, and this, this subject is really strange, actually, because... I'm still not 100% sure how I'm going to tackle this. I, no. I've been thinking about it, and I'm not sure. Like, I know what I really want to say, and I know maybe for some listeners, like, the idea of Eminem is, like, really offensive to them. It may be Could on, be. like, a really, truly fundamental level because, to be fair, he says a lot of shitty things. Horrible things. About a lot of people, some marginalized, some not. And, you know, this, this subject I don't take lightly because mm-hmm. I, as I'm older now and i don't listen to nearly as much eminem anymore at all uh the way i used to uh i have, i'll save a lot what i want to say for later when we when we record this next week but i'm really interested in how this is gonna go yeah i mean uh as we've talked about before we'll probably get into a history of personal experiences with hip-hop uh with all kinds of other things where where uh where we first heard eminem uh, our kind of version and uh, perspective on his career and influences. Uh, yeah. Ask the grand thing: Is he technically, and I mean that as far as technique goes, is he technically the greatest rapper of all time? And a lot of other questions. And then, as far as great questions, one could say that Eminem is a master of his game. This guy, but <laughs> the week following Eminem. <laughs> Uh, speaking of masters, you like how I did that little... I did. I saw it coming a mile away. Sing away. Oh, boy. Uh, yes. Yes. After that, we have... Our next episode is... Uh, masters of the Universe, which <sighs> specifically the movie, specifically the 1980, not sure what year movie. Oh, we're going to talk about all things He-Man, though. Uh, Dolph Lundgren and... Frank Langella. It, yeah. It, listen, um, I, this movie has a special place in my heart. Again, I'm a few, I'm a couple years older than Mr. Brown here, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, be surprised. Those couple of years mean something. Like, oh, for sure. I, I there as far is, as '80s uh, pop culture pro- properties, I for can sure. say with pure certainty there are, there are few, only a handful of films that I watched more constant because when you're a little kid, you watch movies on like repeat. It's like a weird. Oh yeah, over thing. and over. Uh, Howard the Duck was mine. Yeah, Howard Duck, excellent film. Uh, but, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. <laughs> excellent for what I it mean, was. Uh, dear, dear listeners, at one point, Leah Thompson has a very, uh, she, she, yeah. a, a very, uh, what was it? She tasteful. Does a, she does a she, thing. She does has a tasteful sex does, scene with a duck. Yeah, she does a and thing. And that now, what I know about that, and what I know about myself, 
years later, it all checks out. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. It all makes it all it, checks it all out. Formed you, but yeah, the few movies I ever watched as much as, as Masters of the Universe, uh, and I think for my money, uh, one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. <laughs> well. In the meantime, between now and Eminem, I'm going to watch Masters of the Universe. Please watch it. And we're both going to try to watch the new one that that is most recently out on on Netflix. I'll dig into it a little bit. I do have Netflix. You know, we're going to talk about it. And then then after Masters of the Universe, I'm just going to sprinkle a little something in for our our listeners. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Let's hear it. Uh, After Masters of the Universe, we will be recording a podcast live on Mm. location. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to now. As opposed to now, <laughs> which, which is we're, also we're live location. in one location. We will be uh, vacationing together, and we'll be doing a podcast there. Yes. Uh, live from the beach. So stay tuned and make it super meta, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm looking really forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Um, I, 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 uh, Mr. Brown and I, we're... Uh, us and our families are venturing off into a, a beautiful place. It's gonna be good, and we're gonna hang out, shoot the breeze, shoot the shit, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna record a podcast. We're gonna drink just as copiously as we've drank for all of these. Well, podcasts. We're gonna drink way more, say. actually. Yeah, most definitely. Because I'll be uh, on, we'll be on vacation, so and our wives will not judge us because we'll be on vacation, or they'll judge drink. us even slightly less, which is what we'll take. Yeah, this is always a but speaking of judge us, we hope you have only judged us with the most sincere intentions. Yes. Thank you for joining us and listening, and have. I hope you had a good, as much fun as Mr. Brown and I have have had fun. Oh yeah, uh, I mean, had a blast. I had a great time talking about the '64 and, yes. and all journeys so far this far in the podcast. And we hope that you join us on uh, this and every other adventure that we take. Yeah. All right. Are you ready to say goodbye? Uh, say goodbye. Uh, uh, have a good night, folks. Have a good day. Be safe out there. Take care of each other. All that bullshit. All the fun stuff that people like to say. But uh, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Nothing good. Thanks for joining Nothing Good. Nothing good. Just what he said. Nothing good. All right. (laughs) Later.